Cheerscast is part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. So, um, how do you like Cheers? Well, it seems adequate for its purpose, but I have a feeling that you only brought me to this place to surround yourself with people you know and I don't. Well, yes. <laughs> but what's more, I thought that we might have a drink or two, thereby lowering our inhibitions a bit and enabling us to go back to your place and have a physical encounter of some sort. Well, we won't. I appreciate your candor. No, you don't. You're right. I feel like striking you. You want to be where you can see Our troubles are all the same You want to go where everybody knows your name Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, which you should know since I just said everybody knows this stuff. Anyway, this is another mailbag episode where I raid Cliffy's postal truck and respond to the listener feedback for the second half of Season 4. By now, you know the deal for this episode. First, I'm going to respond to some of the listener comments that were left on the Fire and Water website, then the Apple Podcast reviews, then I will share the ranking for the 26 Season 4 episodes and tally up the MVPs for this season as determined by me and my guests for each episode. So, okay, let's get into it, starting with Season 4, Episode 14, Suspicion, with my guest, Chris Karam. This one received one comment from Ward Hill Terry. It's basically saying, what's up, Chris? Terry lives near you. Well, I hope that blossomed into a wonderful friendship, although with COVID, I don't know how anybody meets anybody anymore. Episode 15, The Triangle, with Al Sedano, got comments from Siskoid and Eric. Siskoid said, My favorite episode in a while. Great Frasier bit, great Bartok bit, and Sam and Diane's reactions to this truth bomb are some of the most human, uncaricatured moments of the show. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that, Siskoid. In fact, when I offer my ranking for this season's episodes, uh, I think you'll find that this one made the top three for the season. Uh, and Eric, with an H, also left a comment responding to how we said that Sam and Diane never tried to ease the other into their interests. It seems that Diane was always just taking Sam to extremely cerebral academic art forms, but that there might have been some international cinema that Sam genuinely could have gotten into, such as Kurosawa, uh, and Eric also mentioned some other French filmmakers. It's a very interesting point, and... I think another woman would have approached Sam that way, or might have, but then it wouldn't be Diane. I mean, Diane is just too blind to her own limitations that way. Like, I, I, I think Diane would be an awful teacher um, because she wouldn't know how to scaffold her approach for different students' learning styles. She could teach the kids who are already smart and already self-interested and self-motivated in the subject, but she wouldn't be able to approach someone who, for whom that kind of study doesn't come naturally, and that's how it was with Sam. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. At least from what we saw, it never occurred to her to kind of ease him into the type of art and culture that he would have an inroad with because of his personal interests. Uh, episode 16, Cliffy's Big Score, another one of the best of the season, with my guest Greg Solomon got comments from Doug Vandiver and Mike Thomas. 
Doug said, while I'm sure Cliff's speech mentioned a little-known fact or two, it's a shame that we weren't treated to Lucas's speech. It must have been riveting. Wow, uh, I didn't even think about that. Well, so, okay, well, was Lucas there as one of the honorees, the 280-something honorees? Um, if so, if he was one of who won, who won the award, then yeah, he would have given a speech. Uh, God, it, it, well, if not, well, then the world was spared, you know, five, ten minutes of whatever him... Yeah, <laughs> that kind of gibberish. Wow, that would have been something. Uh, episode 17, the second time around with my guest Daniel Ulrich received zero comments. Are you, are you people serious? The first appearance of Lilith, the episode with Jennifer Tilly, and you guys have nothing to say about it? Episode 18, The Peterson Principle, with Maggie and Jonathan Schaefer-Hames, got three comments from Jeremy Williams, Coconut Phone, and Siskoid. Jeremy mentioned the actor Chip Zine, who appeared in the episode. Uh, We said that he didn't have a lot of credits on IMDb, but he was like the voice of Howard the Duck. Uh, Jeremy said he's a Broadway guy and was in the original cast of Into the Woods with Bernadette Peters, among other things. That's cool. Nice. Uh, episode 19, Dark Imaginings, with Tom Paneris. Got comments from Rob Kelly, Jeremy Williams, Tim Price, and Coconut Phone. Rob said, This has always been a favorite episode of mine. Not only is it funny, but it allows for the melancholy ending. Some sitcoms, when they try to do capital D drama, fell on their face, but Cheers earned it. Having had a hernia operation this year, I will admit for a brief moment, I did feel similarly melancholy about having what is considered an old man health issue. But then I learned that isn't really accurate, so I got over that. I did not hit on anyone while I was in the hospital, however. Really? What's the what's the point of checking into the hospital if you're not going to do that? I okay, this is weird. I had an appendicitis when I was 18, and I stayed overnight after the appendectomy. And apparently, I wrote like I woke up in the middle of the night in some like anesthesia-induced hallucination or something, and scrawled down on a notepad or like a napkin something next to me the lyrics to the song "Under My Thumb." by the Rolling Stones and gave it to a nurse. And that was like me. That was that was the closest I came to like hitting hitting on the nurse in the hospital. So ah, eighteen year old Ryan. So much I should have warned you about. Anywho Episode 20, Save the Last Dance for Me, with Ashford and Rick Heineken, got comments from Tim Price and Siskoid. Tim said, During the dance, when Nick blows on Carla's neck and she melts, I could swear that's a callback to Season 3, Episode 9, An American Family, when Carla describes Nick's power over women. This being one of his techniques. Okay. Uh, Tim says, It even worked on Diane for the button of that episode. Maybe that even extends to Nick's dance it has nice supernatural effect on people. Interesting. I kind of like that. <laughs> like, yeah, just so when he breathes on her neck and she kind of collapses like jelly, like he kind of does the same thing during their dance. Episode 21, Fear is My Co-Pilot, got a comment from Tim, who complimented the guest Blaine Dowler for his research and analysis on the whole Jack Dalton name thing with Cheers and MacGyver. 
Episode 22, Diane Chambers Day with John Trumbull got comments from Mike Thomas, Chris Franklin, and Tim Price. Mike said, a lot of classic moments in this episode, including both the opera scenes and the scene of the gang humming the Magnificent Seven theme, which, like you, I first saw on the 200th episode clip show. In fact, I read somewhere that Diane Chambers Day was some of the cast's favorite episode of the entire series. Episode 23, Relief Bartender with Omar Yudin, got comments from Rob Kelly and Tim Price. Rob said, wow, you guys were harsh on this one. Please show us on the Sam Malone baseball card where the episode touched you. I th- again, I thought we were being overly cautious and trying to be fair and, and, and generous to the episode. Episode 24, Strange Bedfellows Part 1 with Siskoid as my guest, got comments from Chris Franklin, Paul Wildenberger, Coconut Phone, and Tim Price. Uh, A lot of people told me about the kicker out of the bed for eating crackers expression. I guess that's just my ignorance. More people have heard of that than me. Uh, Coconut Phone said, This trilogy and the subsequent season premiere aired as a two-hour movie when I was a kid on some superstation, and we taped it, so I have probably seen it more than almost any other episode or run of the show, and it's right below my all-time favorite episode, still to come. That's cool. That's cool that they aired these together, and you... Yeah, it, it happens sometimes with shows, like you tape something, then you just you watch those episodes over and over. I have that for a few odd random sitcoms and shows. Uh, Strange Bedfellows Part 2 with J. David Weeder got comments from Rob and Coconut Phone. Rob said he experienced a similar quitting situation when he was a teenager, uh, having to sneak back in to collect something after he had stormed out publicly from the job. But luckily for Rob, there wasn't a Carla to call him out. Uh, and lastly, part three with John Trumbull got comments from Tim Price, Jack Bone, Rob, and Mike Thomas. Jack said, John Trumbull's attempts to construct a consistent timeline for a TV show is not only useful in itself, but it also shakes out those other useful bits of information. I don't know if the West Wing is part of the Tommy Westfall universe, but I now know they share that half of the omniverse that has their elections in our off years. That is right. President Bartlett and the West Wing would have been a elected in 1998. That's right. Uh, And Mike Thomas said, overall, the season-ending trilogy is better than I remembered it. Cheers was really firing on all cylinders by the end of season four. The series had gained widespread popularity. The writing was top-notch. The actors were settled in their characters. And Woody seemed more comfortable in his role than he did in the early part of the season. We're now seeing a bit of the edge he would have in the later seasons as he's growing into more than a younger version of Coach. Very good, uh, very good point there. And thanks to everybody who left comments on those episodes from season four. You guys are great. Um, okay, got uh, before we go, a couple of new reviews on Apple Podcasts this year. Michael Dab writes. The time and effort put into this podcast is appreciated. Listening to the host and guest's opinions on the show is entertaining. I enjoy the coverage of each episode with the critique of the episode and how they were in their own time. Thank you very much. Uh, Nightmare King No said, Cheers is awesome, and their review is basically some of their favorite Cheers lines and quotes. Hey, as long as I got the five stars from that review. Mike Will 19 said the host is really knowledgeable and insightful in reviewing all of the previous Cheers episodes. Those podcast episodes are really easy to listen to while working. The show recaps paint a good picture of what is going on in the episode and key moments. Thank you. That's what I shoot for. 
And finally, Giants 2018 kept it simple and said, Ryan and guests have reconnected me to this show. Awesome. Happy to do that. Uh, And now, the ranking of the Season 4 episodes. So this is going 1 through 26. This is purely subjective uh, based on my feelings at the time that I watched these episodes again and reviewed them for the show. This does not reflect the podcast review that I did or my guest's participation in the episode or any other kind of judgment on the people involved in this podcast. This is simply my order of preference for the shows for Season 4. And it starts with number one, Birth, Death, Love, and Rice. The season premiere, I actually thought, was the strongest episode for the season. Um, But some of the other ones were really close behind it. Number two, Cliffy's Big Score. Number three, The Triangle. Number four, The Second Time Around. Five, Save the Last Dance for Me. Six, The Groom War Clearasil. Seven, Diane's Nightmare. Eight, From Beer to Eternity. Nine, Don Juan is Hell. Ten, Diane Chambers Day. Eleven, Strange Bedfellows Part One. 12, Strange Bedfellows Part 3, 13, Strange Bedfellows Part 2, 14, Love Thy Neighbor, 15, I'll Gladly Pay You Tuesday, 16, Fear Is My Co-Pilot, 17, Someday My Prince Will Come, 18, Fools and Their Money, 19, The Peterson Principle, 20, Take My Shirt, Please, 21, Woody Goes Belly Up, 22, Too Good to Be For Real, 23, Dark Imaginings, 24, The Bar Stooley, 25, Suspicion, and 26, Relief Bartender. Uh, I have also tallied up all of the first four season episodes in order, and I have ranked them as such, um, but I'm not going to share it because it'll take up a lot of time. I, after season five, when we have all of the Diane episodes tabulate, um, then I will share my ranking of all of the you know, the first five seasons, those episodes in order. Alrighty, and the last thing to do is to look at the season's MVPs. Uh, For each episode of Cheerscast, as you should know, my guest and I award who we think was the best character or best performer of that episode. Could have been one of the regulars, could have been a guest. Uh, The guest gives a point, I give a point, and then I have tallied up all of those to see uh, who, who is the winner and what the stats are for season four. Uh, starting off, Sam got eight votes. That means between me and my guest, eight times we thought he was the best part of the episode. Diane got 12 this season. Woody, Woody also got eight, as many as Sam. That's pretty good for his freshman year. Uh, and then Carla, Norm, and Frazier each got six votes this season. Cliff... Cliff got zero, but I know I remember he was really close a couple of times. You know, he, he had some good moments, but yeah, he never, he was never the MVP. Um, but the rest came from guest appearances. Anthony Tortelli in the Grimoire Clearasil got two votes. Gary in From Beer to Eternity got one. Loretta from uh, Save the Land Stands for Me got two. And Janet Eldridge from that last trilogy got two votes as well. So really cool. I like it that uh, guest, guest characters and guest uh, supporting players uh, can win the MVP from time to time. That shows how generous Cheers was with its uh, uh, guest actors, guest performers, that sometimes they could just you know, steal the show, knock it out of the park. But uh, 
Yeah, yeah, really cool. Uh, nice, nice balance to have Sam and Woody each with eight, Diane with twelve, and then uh, Carla, Norman, Fraser. That just kind of shows you the show was very like big on sharing the spotlight. You know, at this point in the series, it, and not every episode needs to be Sam and Diane centric. We can have Norm centered episodes that are really, really strong, and Fraser episodes that are really strong, and and the same. So. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that, that is season four, a much better season than I remembered it being when I started this podcast. Alrighty, that is a wrap on Cheers season four. And as per usual, I'm going to take a little break now, uh, to work on some other projects. My hope is to start Cheers season five by April, if not sooner. Um, that will be a major landmark for the series, as that is the final season with one of our leading characters. Until next time, folks. Thank you for listening to Cheerscast. You can support the show by liking and sharing on Facebook, favoriting and retweeting on Twitter, and leaving a comment on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Ashford Wright from the Right On Podcast Network and Rick from Monday Movie Muckabout, who sponsor this show. For more information on supporting your favorite shows on the Fire and Water Network, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and until next time, we're closed. You moved me very deeply tonight. Right. Moves me deeply to move you deeply. <laughs> Speaking of uh, depths, would I be sinking to one if I were to suggest that we carry this conversation back to my place? Sam, my God. Oh, dear, what? I wasn't expecting this. I'm experiencing emotions I haven't felt for so long. My heart's saying yes, my mind's saying no. Well, why don't you let some other part of your body break the tie for you? (laughs)